0: all right guys the four agreements it's about 552 a.m. when I'm recording this let me clip up the mic and get to it so pages 117, 118, 119, the end of page 116 if you remember at the very bottom it says how are we to become a warrior there are certain circumstances of the warrior that are nearly the same around the world the warrior has awareness that's very important it goes into talking about the warrior um, has control over themselves, uh, discipline over ourselves no matter what, and um, control over one's own emotions. They distinguish between how a victim represses because they're afraid to show the emotions this is on the, on the bottom of page 117 and to refrain is not the same thing as repression to refrain is to hold the emotions and to express them in the right moment not before not later that is why warriors are impeccable. So it talks about behavioral control of oneself. And 118 starts with this topic, the initiation of the dead embracing the angel of death. It's kind of this like carpe diem kind of feel to it. You know, Uh, at the bottom of the first paragraph it says the truth is that we don't know if we're going to die tomorrow. Uh, and if we, if the, if a doctor had told us that we're going to live for a week, we'd have two choices. It mentions two choices. I don't know if there's more than two choices. Uh, but one option would be to tell everyone... Uh, and suffer because we're going to die with an attitude of poor me, I'm going to die and create a big drama. And the other choice is to use every moment to be happy to do what we really enjoy doing. And... um The angel of death can teach us to live every day as if it's the last day of our lives. It talks about, you know, the author uh, says that the angel of death taught him about um, love, treating people with love, avoiding arguments and all that kind of stuff and avoiding unleashing emotional poisons on people, because what if, what if you're to die, or even worse, what if the other person is to die, how are you going to deal with that judge, uh, the judge is really going to get to you with, like, these feelings of guilt, and, um, that's pretty much where, uh, where the book kind of, like, what the book kind of talks about for um, this current topic. All right. Um, I had to pause to finish texting some friends and stuff. Um, I don't know. Uh, So we're kind of finishing up one topic, pretty much. The topic that ended talking about the warrior and refraining the emotional refraining versus the repression, which is more victim, a victim approach, um, talks about, if you remember, because I forgot, so I'm going to read it again. On page 111, that title is called The Discipline of the Warrior, Controlling Your Own Behavior. Um, and the way to control behaviors to control emotions and to not you know, repress them, um, I think when people, you know, there's a lot of, like, strange psychology, a lot of strange psychological, um, fucking, uh, a lot of strange, sorry for the profanity, I don't know where that came from, a lot of strange psychological, um, you know, terms when we hear repression. Like, it's it's kind of like, I don't know about you guys, um, but sometimes when I hear certain terms, I'm like, what is that? So it's like repression, like, repress. It's like repress. Like, when you think of repression, I guess, you think about um dang what's his what's his name Freud or somebody who talks about like you know repression like the like the childhood memories being repressed and all this stuff uh and people like bringing up these you know repressed memories I'm not saying that they don't exist I'm just saying like that's kind of the first image that I think that's the first um exposure i got to the term repression was through psychology when people when there was like that history about you know people bringing up all these repressed beliefs about history of abuse and things like that um mostly women um but i don't know there's a lot of interesting history things uh with psychology and, like, the early theories of, like, psychoanalysis practices and things. uh, I don't, you know, I don't... I don't really know what I think about it. I don't think it's, like, bad. Like, I'm not saying I don't think repression is, like, what people... I don't know. I, I don't think that the approach was bad, necessarily. Like, the theory behind it. But I think... It seems to me that a lot of times, you know, things in psychology back then were maybe taken a little too far. Like, they're... But, I mean, it's, like, also a lot of information was, you know, obtained from it. I'm not saying it was, like, ethical, but I really don't know. It's, like, I feel like they also maybe didn't know what they were doing too much yet. And also people didn't really understand either because it was kind of new. Uh, and I guess people opted into it and then it seems there was kind of like this bordering kind of like manipulation or abusive kind of manipulative, manipulative methods that were being used but also it was kind of like new so I feel like there was some kind of like maybe excitement behind it like people were like oh we're actually finding something like in the mind and it's like categories of things or like different things like that, but I mean, if you think about repressed emotions, uh, instead of, like, repressed memories, I guess, I don't know if that's the same thing, but repressed emotions are more like, uh, like, we just don't have a process of getting something out. Like, I've mentioned before, you know, I like podcasting, it's almost like a form sometimes of, like, journaling, but it's more like, you know, I'm aware that I'm talking to an audience, so I'm not, like, saying, like, every single thing that's on my mind. It might sound like I am, but I do actually, you know, um, dial it back, you know, quite a bit, Um, because I think about, like, who might be listening, you know, I might have previous pastors listening, I might have people I went to church with listening family members siblings friends like I kind of have to think about it I'm like okay like wh- when I talk to those types of people individually I don't really want them all I probably wouldn't talk to them all the same or like talk about the same topics and information and they don't all interact with me in the same way but I do think about okay I'm trying to kind of think about things in a more, like, thought-provoking and rounded approach versus just, like, me venting to a friend, you know, about something that I know is just between me and them, and I'm like, ah, this person pissed me off, or, like, whatever, you know, I try not to add, like, too many details or too much flavor of, you know, things that might be, like, if if somebody listened to it, like, I don't want them to be like, oh, they were talking about me. um, Or even if, if there were situations where I talk about scenarios, it's like, I'm talking about them from my own perspective of what I decided to do with it. Or, you know, things that I don't think people wouldn't recognize about things that they've done. um, That are like, memories that I have with them, you know, um, but I, I don't know, like, it's kind of like, it's my experiences, too, so it's kind of like, I can't really just avoid talking about things completely, and just be like, oh, I've never had any experiences in life that are ever relevant to anything ever, uh, just because, you know, because of that, but Like, I'm not name-dropping or anything, but, um, I don't know. But anyways, when it comes to this idea of victims repressing, uh, afraid to show emotions, afraid to say what they want to say, um, you know, I have to ask myself, where does this come from, you know? Uh, maybe from a lot of places. I would say, to some extent, people don't feel safe like on a basic level I'd say if someone doesn't feel safe you know this is gonna come up as a problem sorry I need to turn this heater to a level that's manageable because I am literally melting Um, it was cold this morning and now I'm like Melting over here. Alright, it was set at 71. I turned it down to 69 again. Uh, I've got my fan on. I, it's hard to adjust the temperature. I probably should adjust the that little grate where the where the air comes out because I know in my brother's room his is adjusted so his room is always cold and my room is like it warms up really fast but the windows and the insulation are really bad so it's like it also cools off really fast so in summer that's nice but when it starts getting a little chilly like early early mornings it's not it's not at all pleasant. Um, so, yeah. Talking about emotional repression, it's kind of like they do mention this victim. Victims repress because they're afraid to show the emotions. Afraid to say what they want to say. Uh there goes that concept of fear again. Um, so... Why would someone be afraid, you know, to say what's on their mind or just explain uh, an emotional experience? I could I could think mostly it it seems to at least in my experience it seems to come from not being around like safe people. Uh, I always use the example of gossip, uh, and also other examples of. Just people who just aren't of sound mind, you know, sometimes you don't want to involve them. So it kind of depends if you have people around you. Uh, if you don't have people around you, you could always do other creative methods. You know, art, music, you know, journaling, poetry, writing, uh, like putting it into some kind of stories or something like that. There are other ways to express it where you're not even really sharing with another individual, and then there are ways that are kind of like podcasting YouTube, stuff like that, where you can share with other people, blogging, and, like, other people will read it or engage with it, but, you know, um... I feel like those are, like, alternative methods, and I don't really know if that's even... Um... Uh, I don't know if that's, I don't think there's any way to really label if it's, like, better or not. Like, I don't think that the only way to express emotions is to uh, express them to another human being face to face. Like, I think nowadays we have a lot of methods. Uh, We've always had a lot of methods, you know. Of expression um, but I don't I don't really know I think usually when people hear about expressing emotions like most of the time people are gonna think oh I need to sit down and talk face-to-face to somebody that's like the most common or ancient way of doing it probably um, I and mean, some people even pray um, some people use some form of, like, meditation where they're, like, intently focused on certain things, like sitting with it, sitting in it, like letting it stew. Um, so that's, uh, to me, that kind of seems like a method that people would use, uh, or multiple types of methods, versus refraining, which would be, you know, what the warrior would do, which is holding the emotions and expressing them in the right moment, uh, not expressing them before the right moment or or past, like, later, after the right moment. So when is the right moment, it doesn't really explain that, um, but the expression is the behavioral part and the emotion is, like, the internal experience, and so... I mean, from doing groups when I was working in a in a mental health clinic, I would say one of the m- most common topics that I feel like most people gravitated towards was like the social, you know, uh, I was facilitating this group where people with psychosis could come to the group, and I don't know if everyone there had psychosis, or maybe they did, I don't know, but... We kind of talked about, you know, you know, it was hard to find topics. You know, initially we were talking about the history of psychosis and, you know, like there was really only information out of like kind of like Australia, New Zealand, the UK. There really wasn't a lot of information. It was mostly educational, like labeling different types of symptoms and what is this called and what's the difference between this versus that and what does that mean and what does it look like? And I was like, okay, like, we're doing something, people are learning, and, you know, it wasn't until I learned more about, you know, how people were concerned socially with their symptoms, it was pretty much any kind of symptoms, that's mostly what people seem to gravitate towards, were these topics about, well, how is this impacting my social relationships? How does my family see me? How do I see myself? How is my self esteem? How do I have this internal, you know, self talk dialogue with myself? You know, how do I cope with it? How do I feel when I'm around other people or when I go into the store to shop or when I come into appointments or when I go to the bank or when I'm just running errands? It, a lot of it had to do with interactions with other people um, how to improve relationships, how to deal with people who maybe are, you know, not that helpful to be around, how to cope with, you know, managing, like, past, you know, experiences with people that weren't so positive. Uh, A lot of it, sometimes when the holidays were coming around, a lot of talking about, okay, holidays are coming, kind of, like, how do you feel about it, you know, you know, some people would explain how they would sit, you know, kind of isolated, but in a group of their family, and felt like, you know, their family would tell them, hey, there's going to be other people here, so don't do or act or do anything weird, just kind of, like, sit there, and, you know, they felt a lot of pressure to be like, well, they can't respond to internal stimuli or do anything if they start crying or, like, reacting to any way that they feel you know someone in the family is gonna be like you know don't act like that don't do that like kind of like because they were like ashamed of these people and I was just kind of like man you know like it's one thing to have you know issues with your family just being like maybe somebody gets a little too drunk or whatever but for someone to literally tell you as an adult to just like sit there and don't move you know, and you're sitting there all Christmas Eve and all Christmas, you know, just kind of by yourself, feeling like there's eyes on you watching to see if you're gonna like do something strange, you know, it's like I'm like, dude, like I don't understand how people think that's gonna help. But I mean, just people feeling like excluded and different and you know, there was a lot of that. There was definitely a lot of that. And I was you know, I I was often trying to get the message of, across it. Like, I don't think that people with different symptoms or different experiences from psychosis or with none of those symptoms or with no diagnosis, I don't think anybody feels different. Like, everybody kind of wants overall the same things, to feel accepted, to have social situations where they feel comfortable in them and other people feel, like, make them feel accepted and wanted and things like that. Um... A lot of times when people go into social settings, they might already not feel, like, um, um, confident, you know, or, you know, they might have already replayed or pre-played in their head for the days before or hours before, like, what's this going to be like? And they're kind of worried about, like, is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? Am I going to be late? Are they going to be late? Am I going to be mean? Are they going to be mean? Like is someone going to say something and it's going to upset me, you know, and you haven't even met with the people yet, you know, and these things can be going on. And that's pretty common. I think uh, with people, like when it comes to social situations, I think that's a lot of the place where we see people kind of like with this repression, it's like, how do you deal with it? how do you deal with your emotions in a social setting? I think when you're alone, it's like there's less variables to deal with, right? Maybe. I mean, like sometimes you can be in your own head and maybe you need a better distraction from inside your own mind. And then other times you can be out with other people or around other people and there's just so much buzzing around you that it's like, sometimes that can be good, sometimes for some people that doesn't really help, so it's like, you know, um, and if you're, if you know kind of how your energy shifts when you're with other people, with certain people especially, it's like, your energy's not the same around every single person, usually, at least for me, it's not, you know, some people I'm like, maybe a little more tense around, some people I'm like, it's almost as if I've had a couple beers, and I'm just like, I'll say whatever comes to my mind. You know what I mean? Like I don't really have too much of a filter with them, and I'm like, I don't really think they care if I say this or say that. I, I'm just kind of like, whatever. You know? Um, I don't feel like they're judging me. I mean, if they are, I don't think they are. I just don't interpret it that way. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't really know. too much more about how to approach this uh these ideas about like emotional repression you know if you don't have if you don't have safe social spaces it doesn't seem super wise to be open to people about things and I don't know I don't want to be so like cynical but I feel like the more the world gets so ill there's like this illness and it's not it's not the rona it's like this other illness that's going around it's it's you know you see it in the social media you know i talk about it with friends all the time you see it all over the place it's like there's this illness of like extreme negativity um you know i go through my youtube feed or my YouTube recommendations or Netflix and I'm like, you know, I'll talk about this at maybe on certain podcasts where there's the censorship where there's these religious groups, high demand religious groups that are really kind of concerned about, you know, the dangers of the internet. And, you know, I I, I think about those things because I'm like you know, lately when I've been browsing the internet, I'm like, man, can something positive come up? It seems like there's like neutral stuff, there's negative stuff. And then every now and then there's something more negative. Like some somehow today, you know, early this morning at five something in the morning, I'm just scrolling. And there's this short that pops up about like, how they found some baby that was in a good, that was doing well after being swept away by a tornado or something i'm like why would i ever need to know that you know how on earth would i have even come up with that scenario that oh maybe a baby could get swept away it's like things that are like now this isn't like i'm not like deeply like hurt by it or anything but i'm like why would i need that in my mind why would i need to learn the story You know, I watched some story the other day about some kid who ate some, you know, gummies that had fentanyl residue on them, like a 10 year old and like maybe two or three other kids that ended up getting hospitalized and they were all well from it. Like they all did well, you know, came out okay. It sounds like within the same day, but it's like some kid brings gummies to school where there's residue in the bag, in the baggie and shares it with some other 10 year old children and they get impacted it's like how do you have a plastic baggie that has fentanyl residue where a child has access to it it's like fentanyl we know is an issue it's been an issue for a while now and it's like you know, I I partake of, not fentanyl gummies, you know, but I partake of different types of gummies, and I could see how a kid would maybe know, oh, my parent has these gummies. They don't know the difference between what kind of gummy bears are, you know, medicated, if that's what you want to call them. I, I don't know. They don't know the difference, they see gummy bears, and they're probably like, oh, my parents are hiding all these freaking gummy bears, I'm gonna take them to school, like, I don't know, just stuff like that, I mean, like, I don't think it's, like, worth really, like, talking about it in too much detail, because it's just, like, negative stuff that I would have never thought to look at, or want to know, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like, I'm not searching, like, oh, I wonder if any 10-year-olds have been impacted by fentanyl gummies, I wonder if any babies have been swept away in tornadoes lately. Like, you know, and those are just two examples. I'm pretty sure I have engaged with tons and tons of negative content throughout the weeks, days, probably more than usual even. Um, I remember one weekend, like two or three days straight, I binge watched all this um, content about migrants, like, fleeing from different countries and the processes that they had to go through that were so dangerous by land and sea and with, you know, these people who were, like, um, smuggling them around, you know, in, in boats and, you know, just dangerous situations, you know, through jungles and hiking around and all different ways that they were just trying to get to some kind of peace walking you know through snow and all these places and then they end up at these camps and stuff where it's like who knows how many years some of them have been there and stuff uh just trying to find a better life fleeing, fleeing countries you know multiple countries and it's like i wouldn't have known any of that or thought to search that either it's like and, you know, the more I engage with the content, the more the content's going to come out, and it's going to be negative, and it's, like, but I also wonder, like, okay, like, is there positive content? The more I scroll around, the more I'm, like, there really isn't that much positive out there. Funny stuff, stuff that's, like, uh, not, like, kids falling out of chairs and stuff, I mean, like, stuff that's actually funny, not, like, the whole like somebody got injured so it's funny um like just it's just it bothers me you know it kind of bothers me to think about you know this can't be healthy you know it can't be healthy to be getting recommended things to watch that maybe less than 5% of it is like positive uplifting information you know, it's very hard to find that. And if they just recommend stuff to you, of course, you're going to click it, click it, you know, keep scrolling, click another one. It's, it, you know, I'm really trying to get more into a habit where I'm like searching things, thinking about what I want to know and searching for that instead of relying on some algorithm to tell me what is available to me. Um, it's just, you know, I think this is going to create a lot of sickness in society, Um, I do, if you think about screen times, you know, how much time people spend with a combination of YouTube, Netflix, you know, podcasts, Instagram, TikTok, or other types of apps, you know, you know, it can be like seven to nine hours a day, you know, people are on these apps and I don't even know if people's laptops or desktops you know track that much like that and it's like how much how's your screen time doing um you know I know that doesn't have to do with like the emotion stuff directly but it's like I think all this is going to start impacting people in a way where it's like, you know, people are having harder times already relating to each other. There's these, I don't know how accurate the research statistics are, where it's like people are, you know, they say that like certain uh, age ranges of males have admitted to not, you know, having, having sex with anyone in the last while like there's this group of males that's like in their 20s to 30s or something like that where they say like there's a whole lot more guys lately that haven't been having sex with anyone that are more isolated than I don't know if it's than ever before I really don't know that but it's like it seems like there's this kind of like people are more isolated men women whoever, you know, with the dating scenes and stuff, or it's kind of adjusting, changing. I find myself debating, you know, do I want to go out or stay in and save money because everything's so expensive? I try and make it so I'm at least getting out once a month, you know, everything costs so much money. I'm like, why does everything cost so much dang money? It costs a lot of money, you know? Uh, I mean, we're not even talking about that here, but I can go on and on and on about that. That nasty coffee. I drank some Folgers instant coffee and put a scoop, of, uh, a spoonful of it into too little water. It was disgusting. I didn't even finish it. I put a whole creamer little cup thing in it, and it was disgusting, but I think it's got my mind kind of like off on a tangent here. Um, I'm caffeinated, but I don't, I don't know. That was disgusting coffee. Um, I was literally drinking it for the energy. But anyways, um, on pages 18 and 19 where it starts talking about um, the doctor, you know, yeah, if somebody has, like, a week to live or if somebody has... And this, it's kind of a morbid thing, but it almost reminds me of, like, the whole carpe diem, seize the day, you know, live the day to your fullest... Consider your interactions with people, especially loved ones, and you know trying not to treat it like treat your relationships like this is the this is the last time you're gonna see them or you know the only time you're gonna see them or. you know, treating them that way, maybe more so than, than treating them like you have all the time in the world together, uh, just that mindset that you don't have all the time in the world can kind of adjust your thinking towards what you do in the day, towards how you spend your energy in the day, I know that was helpful for me to hear, because it's like, I'm kind of like in a weird space, um, But I've definitely got a lot, I'm kind of like, got a lot of gears turning in my head, stuff I'm trying to work out, where I'm kind of like trying to find the best path for myself. I'm kind of, I find myself trying to like, it's almost like, you know, when you have a compass, and it's like, you're trying to wait for it to kind of point north, but it's still kind of teetering. And I'm like, when's it get, where's it gonna stop at? But I'm still kind of walking as it's moving and I'm like, okay, oh, well, I need to go maybe a little more in this direction, maybe a little less that way, and then maybe a little less that way and a little more that way. And I'm trying to like navigate, you know, the best options, like the optimal kind of like choices for myself, you know, as I've slowed down my life significantly, it's it it's just it's it's very uh energy taxing it's like it makes me feel more tired just to have to think about what I'm doing um trying not to be on autopilot all the time it's like I find myself forgetting things like I've got an errand I need to run today and earlier today I was like oh I'm staying in today I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do and I'm not gonna have to go out today and then I just remembered. I got this stupid errand I got to go run um, that I'd like to do today instead of tomorrow so I could just be a day ahead of things without having to do things last minute. Um, And so I'm like, okay, let me go. I'm going to do this around like nine. Once the nine o'clock traffic dies down, I'm going to go down the street and go run this errand. And I'm like, man, I wasn't really going to go out today, but it's not that much. It'll probably take me at most. 20 minutes, um, but I also don't want to do it, I'm kind of, like, a little lazy, um, but I do, it, it, I should probably get up and out of the house for at least a little while, um, but I had all these plans of stuff I want to finish for this week that I want to stay in and do, so I don't want to get too distracted, what's 20 minutes, um, but I'm kind of, like, I'm kind of feeling a little, uh, like, I, I like, I like the mindset of, like, you know, uh, this whole, like, seize the day mindset. It's easy to kind of forget that or easy to kind of get out of that mindset and to into kind of think we have all the time in the world to think that we know that, like, oh, I'll deal with it later, I'll deal with it tomorrow, I'll deal with it next week. I mean, there's only so much we can cram into a day, but then there's certain things, you know, that are like, you know, we got to do it on time, you know, we got to do it, you know, accurately. We can't just, like, not do things when we need to do them. You know, this is me talking to myself. Like, got to do it on time. You know, can't really wait until, you know until it's too late to do something, or can't really wait, um, until, you know, why wait, you know, it's usually, like, an energy and, like, organization thing, the waiting, I think, um, people either procrastinate because they feel like they don't have energy, or maybe there's anxiety, or, you know, but, you know, it kind of gives me a little bit of a pep to kind of think about that, to be like, okay, um, you know be a little more diligent with like choices um, I don't want to make this way too long I like this topic I did kind of go off on a bit of a tangent there so I don't really want to keep going uh, longer because these episodes get pretty long sometimes um I'll, I'll cut this one here but um, it's a lot of good food for thought <laughs>